Hello friends, my name is Patrick Little and welcome to A Little History, the show that looks at human history a little differently. I'm an ancient history major and an all-round historical nerd. I love telling stories, talking shit and cracking beers. Join us for season two as we continue on with our mythology apology. Nothing is off limits as we continue our exploration of some of the famous and not so famous stories from various mythologies and folklore from around the world. Stories that seek to explain the world around us, warnings against messing with the higher powers, or sometimes for the sheer entertainment. Sometimes I'll have a guest coming in cold, and sometimes it's just you and me. So kick back, drink them if you got them, and join us as we discuss the glorious mess that is our history. With the little shit-talking and silly sound effects as well. Thor's happy place. I'm sharing my office with a baby. You know what, what I've already been through, yeah, right, I'll probably just do that. And he kicks you in the water. That's out of order. I'm no detective, but I think they've actually had us on, yeah? How did we get to a shirt shitting on people? I know, she's probably got a magic vagina or something which keeps you distracted, but... We're copping it over here, Dad. <laughs> it's not doing <laughs> shit for us. <laughs> I'm going to make a little frog do the bread times. But unfortunately, Gina Davis isn't rocking any of those skills. <laughs> and she's, she's killed pretty soon. Now, are you looking to shift the cat's allegiance? Go for good grand hand. Put the bags away. We're not going anywhere now. <laughs> you think in one of those 20 heads, you'd have a freaking good idea. But no. I mean, they've got parties with boxes, people eating semen. This is just a riot. They said I was mad. They said I was mad when I did that. <laughs> but I showed them. Who's mad now? <laughs> now kill him and take his foot. I'm a walking zombie burner. Surprise ad break. Bitch, the pot, the tea is hot. Hi, this is Emily. And this is Maddie. And this is Spill the Mead, a history gossip podcast. Because listen, who doesn't love some hot gossip? Especially gossip about some of the wildest things that have ever happened in literally the history of forever. Because if you think about it, that's all history is anyways. Gossip! Join us every week while we dish out some of the juiciest stories from history. Anything from historical people, places, events, there is no topic too outrageous or too scandalous that we will not cover. So pour some mead and grab your besties and get ready for a history lesson like none other. Spill the Mead, now streaming wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody, to A Little History Podcast for the first episode, or this first episode, to kick off the second half of Season 2. I didn't think it would be, uh, I'd be formatting my season quite like this, but uh, two young kids uh, will often make things happen that you didn't think would happen. But all is well. Anyways, we are back. Uh, lovely to have you back with us. Um, if if you're returning to the show, welcome back, Guido. If you're new, then uh, a very warm welcome to you, dear listeners and viewers. Hello. 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 For this episode, we are traveling to the lands of northern or northwestern Europe, the land of the Vikings. This episode gives us the first ALH look at one of the stories that comes from an incredibly colourful, vivid, and fascinating world, that being the world of Norse mythology. Uh, I'm overjoyed to finally welcome 
host and creator of the Jammy History Podcast. Uh, you know him from our Immortals and Gods of Egypt movie review bonus episodes. If you haven't listened to those, check him out. That's a ton of fun. Uh, but I've finally been able to nail him down. Please give your best to Jamie Graham. How are you, Jamie? I'm doing well, thank you. It's great to be here, even though you have tied me down and made me listen to Norse tales. I'm happy to be here. Well, it's got to, got to, got to shackle you to something. I may as well do that. <laughs> oh, I couldn't avoid forever, could I? <laughs> Finally got him, guys. <laughs> but no, I'm very excited to be here uh, once again on your show, Patrick, and just to talk about the wacky world of Norse mythology. Well, it is a very wacky one, but uh, but first I've got to say, uh, for the listeners uh, out there who may be living under a rock and are unaware of your wares, um, just uh, let us know, or even new new listeners, welcome to you. Uh, just give us a, a cap, I guess, for uh, what what people would expect to find from uh, from Jammy History when they hit that link that will be in the description. So Jammy History, the idea behind it is that it's a podcast that talks about things that people probably wouldn't have heard of, um, or at least I aim to. The wackier, the better. Uh, the madness is my, you know, my goal. Uh, when I look <laughs> and research episodes, I talk about people that, you know, sometimes live through exciting events without being talked about specifically as individuals, such as the court dwarf of King Charles I, lived through the First English Civil War, was a great entertainer, had a one hell of a life, but who the hell is he? Uh, he's just a fun little guy um, that only gets mentioned like here and there, but he still got, gets up to a lot uh, during a very exciting period. And then we have other exciting people such as those who tried to assassinate Oliver Cromwell, but failed in the most goofy fashion <laughs> possible. Um, the Should I talk about upcoming stuff? Oh, please do, yeah. If, if you want, we're probably, uh, by the time this episode drops, uh, we'll probably be a couple of months from now anyway. Because so, of children. Yes. <laughs> so please, yeah, future works. Depending on when this comes out, it will either be just on the verge of coming out or it will have already been released and everyone will know what I'm on about and they'll go, Jamie, why are you talking about this again? Mm-hmm. But at the moment, the, we're currently working on an episode about the Chinese brother of Jesus, a man, a self-proclaimed prophet who went, had one hell of a dream and boy, did he act on it. <laughs> and it just shows how far you could get by committing to like one single bit and he he becomes a bit of a folk cult it gets like a bit of a cult following um it's a wacky tale and um it's been quite a laugh researching it already recording it's gonna be one hell of a roller coaster uh it's all exciting stuff oh i am looking forward to getting into that one personally and i uh <laughs> i know that the uh the, the jammy history flavor is very akin to to what we're doing over here at a little history so uh I, I i gelled with it immediately and i know that uh my listeners who uh who haven't come across you before will now uh they're 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 contractual contractually obligated to now you click on my show you got to <laughs> click on jamie's but it's a, it's a, seriously a really good listen guys and it's a ton of fun and really eye-opening to a lot of the obscure um elements in history that just seem to often be overlooked or or, or mis misinterpreted misremembered and uh it's jamie's here to rectify that <laughs> and it's great and that's a little history podcast recommendation 
It's great. Uh, so links for the Jamie history, as I said, will be in this episode's show notes, as well as most other links of stuff that I talk about. Uh, first reminder to you folks to pound that like button, uh, just like Thor's hammer uh, for ev- this episode and every other episode that you <laughs> uh, come the across. The references have started already, I see. <laughs> oh, so much cheese. <laughs> and please, if you're enjoying what we're, do- what we're putting out there, please take the time to follow, like, and subscribe to the shows, uh, either any show you're listening to, really. Uh, wherever you're hearing us uh, today or any other day, uh, please make sure to rate us as well. Five stars is awesome. I don't want to make you guys liars by rating anything lower than five stars. Come on, be honest with yourselves. Five stars is the way. Um, so do all the things. Uh, I've been looking at the stats and uh, download numbers are really solid and super encouraging. Um, followers and subscriptions to the shows are not so hot. There's a lot of lurkers out there. Uh, so please take the tiniest amount of time uh, out of your day and, uh, and and just just get us in your back pocket so that uh, we can surge up those listings and keep this fun coming to you. Uh, all right, so with that all out of the way, all that housekeeping, let's get into today's story. That story being Loki and the Treasures of the Gods. Ooh. Loki and the Treasures of the Gods. Now, I have to say, Jamie, I got you in specifically for this because my all-round knowledge of North mythology is not as in-depth as perhaps others. So, I know that you are my my codex <laughs> for Norse mythology. Mainly because we were doing the uh, the movie review and you uh, you made reference to uh, Ragnarok a fair bit. And I was like, yes, yes. Um, and I was like, all right, he's, he's going to be my shining light <laughs> in the time the dark oh, tunnel. I'm happy. I'm happy. I hope to impart uh, some of what I know. Just watch now, like, all the reviews for this episode being like, he doesn't know what he's on about this guy you brought on. He's just been making it up. And he's talking to he's talking to another guy who also doesn't know what's going on. Let's see how long it takes for them to catch on. <clears throat> At least 10 seasons more. Uh, so I'm, I am looking forward to being corrected a lot by yours, truly. Uh, and everybody in the comments, so please make sure, guys, to get in, in <laughs> the comments. Please correct me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> correction is what it's all about you can't stick to exactly what you believe uh if you if it's if you get corrected own it that's what i usually do <laughs> it's good times all right and so with that let us get into it so our story begins with thor, thor. the god of thunder and no, not Chris Hemsworth, although that was pretty solid casting, if I do say so myself. Uh, Aussie Exports, pretty good. Uh, and he does a great Thor in the uh, Marvel movies. But uh, this is your traditional Thor, a bit gruff and a bit more uh, rough and tumble. Uh, now, this Thor is one of the Aesir. Now, I wanted to ask, Jamie, where are you at with uh, your knowledge of the Aesir and, and the Vanir? The Norris World with Jamie. Um, I couldn't tell you specifically which ones belong in which camp, uh, other than like the main ones. But yeah, I understand yeah. that it is Norse mythology. The pantheon is not strictly one pantheon. There are two pantheons of gods, and they sort of get a lot. They sort of you know vibe together, uh, except for the times they fight each other. Shut! Um, <laughs> which happens a bit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But. It's there's a lot of uh, I guess confusion when they go like oh it's the Norse gods and you go which ones <laughs> there's two but the Azir are the main grouping uh, so it's got like Odin it's got Thor uh, Loki hangs out with that group a lot these are they they mainly consist of all the ones that people would know as household names 
or as Marvel characters. <laughs> yeah, true, true. If you've heard of them before, um, they will be con- they're, they're they're in the ACA for sure. Um, but I believe that the um, sort of the ACA are a lot more sort of uh, dominant gods as as being sort of uh, the. The, at the forefront of it, uh, a lot more martial in terms of like fighting and, and out there in the fronts. While the Vanir are a little bit more subtle, uh, they're a bit more tricky with and 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 bit, sort of well, a bit tricky with their magic. Uh, but as they do with uh, with the Aesir, they do balance off each other. So if, when they work in unison, uh, things are Gucci. But uh, you sort of have a complete uh, complete pantheon, and uh, and everything is working great. But uh, you know, when they when they tend to have themselves a little war every now and again, it tends to it can get a bit a bit iffy. And back to the story. Well, that's your crash course on the Aesir and Vanir people. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, Thor is one of the Aesir, so one of the top dogs. Uh, and he is awoken one morning in his bed, uh, a bed he shares with his lovely wife Sif. Sif. Now, Thor loves Sif with all of his heart, and. Uh, and she was also uh, one of the Aesir as well. And she was an absolute stunner. Like, her beauty was well-renowned, uh, lovely hair, great eyes. Everyone was all about her. And Thor loved those blue eyes, her pale skin, her lovely smile, framed with big red lips. Uh, but what he really gets, or what really gets Thor's goat <laughs> with the lovely Sif, is her hair. She has amazing hair. You know, we all know what he was into. <laughs> He's a hair guy. <laughs> he had a type. <laughs> he did. He's the the woman in the red dress from the Matrix. That's kind of where he's rolling. Where he's rolling. Um, and anyway, Thor is a hair guy, uh, but it's not just any old hair. You see, Sif's hair is the color of a field of barley at the end of a perfect summer. So think of like some some gladiator, like fields of Elysium shit when uh. When he finally goes off into the um, when he finally dies and he's walking through that field, that's kind of what thought uh, what uh, Sif's hair is all about. And back to the story. So this is uh, it's pretty special hair and something that Thor admires greatly in his wife. Uh, but there is one problem. See, Sif's hair isn't there. All of th- and all that Thor sees is the shining dome of Sif's head, resting in bed, soundly asleep. <laughs> I'm sure it's a lovely dome. Uh. <laughs> But it definitely, uh, definitely shocks the god of thunder. Uh, that is going to be like one hell of a wake up. He probably was just lying there, going, "Wait a minute, what happened last night? <laughs> Where am I? And what is this? Who is this?" Uh, now, Thor, as you you might expect, would be a little bit taken aback by the sight, stroking his beard in bemusement, uh, and he regains himself. Gently wakes his wife Sif and is like, "What's happened here, dear wife?" Uh, Sif stirred, opened her eyes, uh, the bluest of eyes, those of summer sky. And seeing Thor, she asked what he was about. Why, would, why are you waking me up this early in the morning, mate? Uh, and she moves her head, and as he sits up puzzled, oh, sorry, as she sits up, a puzzled expression crosses her face. Her hand reaches up to her noggin, and running it along the smooth dome, she looks at Thor and is horrified. And she basically just screams, My hair! She's like, Fuck me, what's going on? What did I do last night? <laughs> uh, and Thor, his, his, his mood just blackens and he goes, He has left you bold. My brother has left you bold. And she's like, What? Who? Loki? What makes you suspect your brother of this act? 
And Thor's like, it's always that little shit. Anytime something goes wrong, the first thing I think about. Thor's just there like, I saw Loki holding a pet like an electric razor last night. (laughs) He looked devious with it. I knew that barbershop quartet was just like a gag. It was just a cover story. The tunes were great, but it was all a ruse. He's He's just Uh, there in the night, like, sniffing it off. (laughs) Well, he can clone himself, can't he, Loki? All all illusionary acts. Oh, yeah, so he he is the barbershop quartet. He just makes, like, hook the rest of the group. And to harmonize with yourself four ways. Talent, talented kid. Where was that in the in the Marvel movies? <laughs> that, oh, that would have been nice. I think I think that was in like the extended editions that got cut. Yeah. <laughs> Release the director's cut. I need the barbershop quartet. Oh shit, we're lying in the streets for that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyway, so Thor is like, mate, it's always Loki's fault. He's always got his hand in something. Uh, now you may think he might be jumping the gun just a little bit, uh, having this accusation at Loki. Uh, you know, locked and loaded for every misfortune that happens in Asgard. Uh, but Loki is the god of mischief, amongst other things. So, you know, it kind of falls within his jurisdiction, uh, I guess. And anyway, uh, Thor grabs his magic belt named, I'm going to butcher this word, uh, Megingjord. How's that sound? It's, it's pretty much close enough. <laughs> Megingjord? Megingjord. Uh, which is a, you know... Um, Pretty much has a really good effect of like essentially like doubling Thor's already massive strength. So he puts his belt on and he's like extra, extra buff. It defines his abs more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how you know he's serious. Yeah, it's basically something just like sprays baby oil on him. He pumps out his chest. <laughs> so he just looks ex- extra there. Um, <laughs> uh, and so he leaves his, uh, his quite stunned and uh, beside herself bald wife to go and confront Loki. Uh, and it isn't long before Thor arrives at Loki's pad. Uh, he kicks the door in and finding his brother ho- and hoisting him in the air, his brother is just like, oh, sorry, Thor is like, why? As in, why did you do this? And Loki just looks down with a perfect look of shock and innocence. And he replies, why what? What What, have you, what do you think? And he goes, you know damn well, you fuck. My brother's hair is gone. Her pride and joy and my most beloved thing about her. It was so beautiful and now it's disappeared uh, from from her skull. And now, and, and I know that you are responsible, mate. Why did you do it? And a hundred faces uh, pass over the face of Loki. Or a hundred expressions, I should say. Pass over the face of Loki and Thor furiously shakes him just like a, like a fucking rag doll. <laughs> He's just there, like, throwing him around. Yeah, he's, he's gone into Hulk mode from uh, whichever Marvel movie whichever Marvel movie that was. Or the Avengers movie, we just, like, wax him around in the office. And Loki's, like, he, he responds, uh, looking quite ashamed. He goes, I was drunk, and I thought it would be funny. And it was. Look at, look at the head. Like, go me. That's hilarious. That's, this joke slaps. <laughs> I imagine at that point, he was like, the joke slaps, and just slaps, like, the bald head. <laughs> 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 not happy man <laughs> at least Thor was right in his presumption that it would be Loki's fault because in fairness it is 90% of the time just Loki's fault that something yeah. has happened because exactly. he's just sat there he's always just sat there going I'm bored <laughs> what wonder would happen if I did this exactly and and whenever he's not doing it like doing it off his own initiative it seems like someone's like we should ask Loki he's pretty clever at doing stuff and then it goes wrong or it doesn't go the way they want it they're like fuck Loki god that guy he's so mischievous you're like you set him up to it you told him to do the thing like because you're not crafty enough to do it yourself like and then you throw him under the bus 
he's always the guy that gets everyone into trouble, but he's also the guy that has to get everyone out of trouble as well. <laughs> yeah. Because Thor's own whole solution is just, I'm going to hit that thing. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 we can't hit everything. And then Loki's like, I could do something. And they go, this has never gone wrong before. They're like, there's two options. <laughs> it's two option time. We can hit it or we can do whatever Loki's doing. We're like, well, we should try to do whatever Loki's doing this time, I guess. <laughs> Thor's like, oh. Well, I'm going to go bash Frost Giants in. By myself. <laughs> uh, and Thor was livid uh, at uh, at Loki's, uh, what would you say, his excuse. And he goes, mate, Sif's hair was her glory. And my special place. Uh, with her head shaved, people are going to think that she's messed up somehow. This will be devastating for her and her reputation. And Loki's like, yeah, mate, there is that. But when I sheared her hair, uh, I took it off from the roots. So it doesn't look like her hair will ever grow back. Sorry, mate. Uh, she's completely bald for the rest of her life. But uh, pretty funny, right? It's such an unnecessary like detail that he had to like do when he performed this act. Because he's like, it's like, cut off the hair. That's funny. You know, make her bald for a bit. Very funny. Make it so she can't regrow the hair. Hmm, <laughs> I think I should do this as well. Sound reasoning from Loki. Make it everlasting. Woo, that's, that's a great idea. But also having the concentration. I mean, he, he he said he was drunk when he did it. I'm like, that's some high level commitment. So he was drunk, like also, like I presume, like in the bed with Thor and Seath. <laughs> oh, Loki be creeping. And uh, what points to Loki, he's a, he's a crafty boy. I swear Sif might have said, he must have said something to him and he's just like, you know what, bitch? Fuck you. Like, I'm taking that hair. Uh, and uh, and with Loki's explanation, there was a bit of an awkward silence. Uh, and then Thor responds calmly. He goes, nah, mate, she won't be bald forever. And... Uh, but his face was his face was uh his voice was calm but his face was hard like thunder uh and Thor's business face you know he's he's got a thunder and all that and and Loki quite nonchalantly replies ah well you know I'm afraid so brother uh but it's not all that bad there's many accessories that she can she can utilize now we can get her some hats some scarves you know just dress her up a little bit more this will be great and Thor cuts in and he's like. She doesn't have to worry about being. Uh, uh, she doesn't have to worry about any of that because of uh, because of you. You are going to put her hair back right now. Because if you don't, mate, I'm going to break every bone in your body. <laughs> and uh, you know what? If her hair is not restored to the point where I can go back to my happy place, Thor's happy place. I'm going to go ahead and break every single bone in your body again and again and again. And I reckon I'm going to get pretty damn good at it too. So, uh... Like we said, it's the Thor solution. Just violence and breaking bones. <laughs> Beat him up. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> and I'm assuming because he's a god, he just regens. So, uh, that's why the whole, like, thing is all good. Like, there's no, like, um... Well, Bulletproof. Is that movie the Bulletproof thing where they jump in those weird ice bath things at the end of every fight? I don't know, it's been oh, a long god, time yeah. since I've seen it. And they're like, oh, we're fine now. Like... <laughs> You're like, okay. Good as new. Yes. Great. Angelina Jolie's like, don't ask too many questions. And back to the story. Uh, and Loki's feeling a little bit frazzed up by this. And he says, no, 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 brother. It doesn't work like that. I can't put her hair back. Like, it's it's done. Like, the die is cast. It's all set. And uh, Thor carefully ponders aloud. And he's like, mate, oh, I reckon it'd take me about an hour to break all of Loki's bones, I reckon. Uh, but I reckon I could get so good at it. I should probably be able to, you know, 
break all your bones in about 15 minutes, you little shit. Uh, so you probably want to get the hair at working, eh? <laughs> and, uh, and Loki shrieks. He's like, fuck, the dwarves. The dwarves. The dwarves can do it. Like it, the whole Aesir and the Vanya think that Loki can take care of everything. Loki's like, the dwarves, they'll, they'll do it for me. I wonder if Loki actually knew that. And if, if he wasn't just like pulling it out, the excuse out somewhere. Just like, oh, they could do it, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They've got stuff. Look at their beards. They that can't be natural. There's so much hair there. I can harvest some of that shit at least. Like, there's something there working for me. Um, and he says, "Yeah, the dwarves they could do anything. Uh, they could make Sif uh, a hair of gold that would bond to her scalp and grow like normal. Like, how does that sound?" And Thor just simply replies, "He goes, well, better get a move on, mate, because I feel like going to Pound Town pretty soon." Uh, and so Loki, uh, being now he's just dropped in a heap in his own house by his brother, uh, he pops on his special shoes, which allow him to travel through the sky and journey to Swatelheim. Swatelheim. That's another butchering. Swatelheim, the place of the dwarves, oh, the place where the dwarves have their massive and vast workshops. The Norris World with Jamie. Yeah, Svartalheim, it basically translates to, like, the Dark Elf land. <laughs> um, like, the world of the Dark Elves. And you go, cool, so all the dwarves live there, not not elves. And they're like, yeah, it's just how it works. Oh, just just how it is. Now, I think I've, I forgot when I said uh, about Lo- Loki's special shoes. Uh, as I've heard in some things, they actually allow him to time travel. Is that something that... Uh... I've never heard of him being able to time travel. But it's the kind of wacky detail that someone might throw in there just as like a one-off. He's never used them much because if, if he could time travel, I think he'd just go back to last night and go, mate, <laughs> let's not. Fix it up. <laughs> this joke went too far. Yeah, does that want one last pint at the pub? You're like, oh, I probably don't need that. Or I'll have two and I'll just stay there and forget all about doing the whole hair shenanigans. Like, <laughs> it seems like a strange... um. A strange thing to pop in. It feels like some weird, like, rings of power plot holes where they're just like, you know, I don't give a shit about this at all. I don't care. And the next scene, she's like, this is the most important thing in the world. You're like, I thought you didn't care about that. And now you, ha- now you like, whatever. I hate rings of power <laughs> so yeah, much. I mean, mo- most of the gods will have, or they all have some form of special shoes. The Norris world with Jamie. Uh, I think Thor in particular, um, he's allow him to just walk across the Bifrost, the rainbow bridge uh, into Asgard. Because when they describe it, it's like the upper layer is all on fire. And so that's meant to deter invaders. Oh. So the whole they just get burned up when they try to cross the bridge. And so Thor has like special shoes that allow him just to power walk across the bridge. <laughs> nice. Um, and it, they go like, it's so funny when you read like the prose edda where they talk about it. Because they go, he does still get set on fire, but he just has to like go and like dunk himself in a pool when he gets to the other side. But at least he doesn't die in the process. <laughs> and you go, this is a really inefficient design for your shoes. <laughs> why would you, why would this be like how he has to get to work every day? So, uh, but people will be like, it's pretty cool, Pr- pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, uh, what would you say, pretty <laughs> alpha way to get to work. <laughs> You're like, not super smart though, but <laughs> not super convenient, I should say. Uh, but Loki, he's decided that the most gifted craftsman among the bunch is to so when he gets to uh, Svartalfheim, and he goes, the most uh, gifted bunch among the dwarves are known as the Sons of Ivaldi. The Sons of Ivaldi. And uh, he promptly made his way to the underground workshop. 
Uh, now, Loki, being the mischievous god that he is, presents himself to the sons of Avaldi and says, Greetings, sons of Avaldi. Now, I've done a bit of asking around these parts, and people tell me that the brothers Brock and Atri, Brock and Atri, not yourselves, are the greatest craftsmen that are or have ever been among the dwarves. And uh, one of the sons of Avaldi is just like, piss on that. It's us who are the greatest. And Loki's like, ooh, I don't know, man. Uh, I've been told that they can pretty much match whatever things you three can put out. Uh, so it must be true, because someone told me. And uh, the sons themselves, great logic. And the sons themselves are like, bullshit, mate. Those mugs aren't capable of fixing ho- a horseshoe, let alone match us in our craft. Uh, so they're getting a bit riled up now. Um, and um, there's a third the, a third brother. So I'm assuming the first one spoke, then the second and the third one. He's a little bit a little bit more level-headed, and he simply replies, whatever they make, we'll top it. Like, we're just, we're just better. Like, we'll take care of it. And uh, so Loki, you know, he's kind of got, feels like he's got them on the hook now. And he goes, he puts his cheeky foot forward. Cheeky foot! And he says, you know, I hear around that Brock and Atri have challenged you to make three treasures. Uh, the gods of the Aesir themselves will judge the best one. Oh, and one of the treasures needs to be hair. <laughs> Uh, yep, for some reason, um, you know, one of the treasures needs to be an ever-growing perfect head of golden hair. You know, you know, the type that could be placed on a bald head and, like, you know, fused to that shit. Don't ask me, mate, it's AC business, they're, they're wacky, rich people problems, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but th- that's just what I heard. It's the most specific job requirement I've ever heard. <laughs> it's like, the other two, you can make whatever you want, like, they don't care, you know. You know, they don't have specifics for this competition that they're going to set up. But one of them has to be hair. <laughs> and, he, and he goes, oh, well, what about the uh, the um, Brock and Atri? Do they need to make the hair as well? No, 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 just you guys. Just it's something that you need to make. They're fine for, to make three. They, they've got a clean sheet on what they want to do or what they can do. You blokes, though. You One needs to be hair. So they're like, oh, well, whatever. Like, well, the sons of Ivaldi will take care of shit. The sons of Ivaldi. And Loki, almost surprised at how quickly he had convinced the trio, now rushed, uh, rushes over to the forge of Brock and Atri, the two other two brothers. Lots of brothers in this uh, in this story. So many brothers. Uh, meeting them at the front, uh, Loki told them that the sons of Avaldi had challenged them to partake in the treasure-making competition, even going so far as to call them. Now, I want you to just prepare your ears for this one, Jamie and dear listeners. Even so far as to call Call them fumble-fingered incompetence. Oh, shit. Oh. oh. So, sorry, I don't think you're allowed to say that kind of language on this podcast, uh, Patrick. What a horrible thing to say. But, uh, you know, that's pretty, pretty uh, savage in the world of... Uh, Dwarven metallurgy and 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 the crafts of that nature, and uh, Brock, he's uh he's he's not super lured in at the insult. Uh, he's pretty switched on, by the way. And he goes, I don't know, Loki. This seems pretty dodgy, mate. Because uh, we all know who Loki is. Uh, are you sure that you don't have any part in this at all? 
Because, uh, like, do you have a stake in this? This whole treasure-making thing? Uh, you know, that ever-growing hair request doesn't it does seem a little bit strange. Uh, but, you know, you're the god of mischief and all. So, uh, you know, what's your part in this? Loki shows up, like, the next week. And he's there, like... So, he's like, I need... Just, like, we need another round of the competition. Whoever can make me a new spine um, <laughs> will <laughs> be judged as the best. <laughs> Bones that don't break for reasons. I don't know. <laughs> not because of my brother <laughs> I need the world's best plaster <laughs> yeah and, and Loki looking and as innocent as a baby lamb he responds my part is simply in telling you I'm just a messenger I just thought you boys should know that the sons of Avali were talking shit about you that's all mate I'm Loki I'm a pretty cool guy Loki is a pretty cool guy and uh, Brock looked at Loki for a while and then nodded. He goes, all right, Loki. Uh, we would be glad to partake in this glorious challenge. My brother Atri is a mighty craftsman, and I am more intelligent and driven. I have no doubt that our treasures will take its hot, steamy dump all over whatever the Avali boys churn out. Uh, but how about we make this thing a little personal between us as well? And uh, Loki's like, uh, oh, all right, a little bit surprised, but he's like, uh, yes, sure. What, what do you have in mind, Brock? And he goes, well, my brother and I have always been fascinated by what's inside your head, Loki. Uh, there's lots of things going on inside that noggin of yours, and I reckon Atri could fashion some sort of wonderful device out of it, like a time machine or a thinking machine, or maybe just like an ink pot, somewhere for us to pop our uh, our nits and bits. Oh. And you're just like, Brock, what a piece of shit. <laughs> like, he just, he just slammed him good. He's like, your head's pretty good for like a cup holder, if you want, mate. So everyone's, it seems like the whole, uh, this is what I asked you, Jamie. It seems like the whole um, world seems to just want to shit on Loki all the time. Because he's, he's very mischievous and he's very like smart and like, you know, he's very cunning. And I think that, you know, these are all very good traits but it also invites like everyone to just, you know, dogpile on him. Because if Loki comes to you, you know, asking for something or making an offer, you already know it's a little bit sketchy uh, just because it's him. Yeah. And when you have like Norse mythology, which is built on like a culture and a society that's very like honor heavy. Um, and it has very like big principles mm -hmm. of like, you know, if you break your word, if you do things that are, you know, dishonorable, then you should be, you would be shamed for it. Um, and everyone will look down on you, you know, very disfavorably. Of course, Loki is the one who gets people out of problems because they always ask him to do the most dishonorable thing to get everyone out of the problems. And then they're like, oh, you're dishonorable, by the way, Loki. You're like, you pulled me up to it. <laughs> yeah, there's they, like one of the most classic tales involving Loki is when it's to do with like the giant builder. And the gods all realize the Azir, the Azir are all like, we've got in a bad arrangement. Um, and they're like, we want to get out of it. And they turn to Loki going, you have to make sure this agreement gets broken. So Loki does it because they force him to. But in doing so, he's labeled as like an oath breaker almost because he's deliberately sabotaging an agreement. And so everyone like looks down on him, even though he just did what everyone told him to do. <laughs> Uh, I was just uh, in my head, my uh, in uh, inside my head. I was just like, just like no, Jamie, stop talking because I'm going to do that story later on. Oh no, Jamie, what have you done? <laughs> I was like, and if you want to know how he did it, <laughs> then stay tuned. <laughs> no, it's it's like a big secret. 
No, but that that building story is is, is spot on because uh, Loki's brought in at like once everything's once the bed's already shat, and they're like, "Oh, we need you to get us out of this," and then they just like throw him under the bus as, as, as usual. So it's um yeah, it's you sort of feel for for Loki like reading through the uh, the the very stories, you can kind of see why Loki turns. Uh, the way that he turns and sort of starts marching them towards Ragnarok because he just keeps getting shat on by everybody. Anytime he tries to form a connection, <laughs> they're like, oh, you got kids, do you? They're imprisoned. They're pretty dangerous. We're going to fuck with them and with you and not tell you. And you, But you know about it, but you're not going to make out that you know about it. So you're, everyone knows, but no one's saying anything. It's and like, then all the, all the Azir at Ragnarok are stood there going, wait, why is Loki on that side of the field? <laughs> why has he joined them? <laughs> What's Loki doing? I thought we were cool, bro. Like he's so shifty. Sound reasoning from the Aesir. A bunch of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> and back to the story. And Loki, he's not super happy, but he's got he wears a radiant smile, yet beneath he was seeding. He was like, these little shits. If I got the gawk to suspect uh the using L to suggest using my head for anything. Those little fucks. Alright, they want my head, I'm fucking Loki. <laughs> I'm gonna show these these little punks a whole lot of hurt. Um but Loki, uh, was still wearing the radiant smile, uh, regained his inner rage, and the sons of Avaldi started to work on their treasures. All that Loki needed to do was make sure that the brothers Brock and Atri lost their contest. Uh, that's all. And the Aesir would get six treasures to judge, one of them being the compulsory golden hair that we mentioned earlier, uh, and which would be given to Sif, uh, and Loki's bones would remain unbroken. Now I should go back to the what the uh, what Brock and uh, Loki agreed to. I'm sure you already know, Jamie. But for the listeners, the idea is that uh, if for whatever reason Loki is uh, dishonorable or you know, or, or, or the uh, Brock or Atri uh, Atri win the contest, they get to have Loki's head. So they'll just like chop it off and use it for whatever. So Loki, for some reason, he's put his head on the on on the chopping board a block unnecessarily, like. There's no reason why he should be putting laying his life down like that, but um, he's like he's a prideful guy, and uh, I think I think that's what's happened. I think Bro- Brock's kind of uh, done a bit of a Brock slam on him, and he's like, you know what, fuck you, mate. Yeah, yeah, I'll take you, I'll take your bet, <laughs> I'll take your fucking bet. Uh, mulling this all over, Loki goes, it's a deal, you know, that'll be fine. They, they all the dwarfs get to work, and um, and all is well. Uh, anyway, with that. The two brothers went inside their forge, that being Brock and Atri, uh, leaving a somewhat nervy Loki outside. I bet that's the last we see of him. Inside the dark forge lit only uh, the low burn of the charcoal. The brothers planned. Atri grabbed from a shelf a pigskin and placed it into the forge. And looking at Brock, he said, I've been keeping this pigskin for an occasion just like this. You know, when the gods, when one of the gods randomly come down and challenge me to a... Uh, uh, a treasure-making contest to be judged by other gods. It pits me against my my fellow kin. And uh, Brock goes, you know, uh, you do you, brother. That's fine. And the, the, the two begin forging their works. And Brock began working the bellows, as was his duty, getting the heat to a point where he was satisfied. Ooh, lovely. And Atri, well, Atri then went outside the forge to begin working his craft. But as he opened the door, a large black insect flew inside the forge. Buzz, 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 Not buzz. quite a horse fly, but something like that. I've seen imagery of like a massive mosquito looking thing, but it's just a big fuck off black bug. Unsuspected by um by by the two uh, two dwarven peeps. 
This insect buzzed around, observing Brock working the bellows. And the insect landed on Brock's hand. Both hands were working on the, uh, on the bellows, so Brock did not dare to swat at the bug, uh, as it would alter the temperature of the forge, and it would wreck whatever's doing. The important part of the forge, you've got to keep the heat uh, at a constant level, or rise it or dip it as your needs. You still have the heat all over the place. It's going to wreck the metal, or wreck whatever you're doing, really. So Brock is just like, mate... Uh, this bug's on my hand and I don't like bugs, especially big black ones. Uh, but I can't do anything. My brother's, uh, I can hear my brother Eatry's hammer working it outside. So I'm just going to keep pumping these bellows. And, uh, and that's what he does. He, he, he keeps working it. Uh, and, uh, even after the black insect starts to deep dig, it's deep, uh, basically bites him, <laughs> just stings him deep into Brock's hand. And, uh, the dwarf did not cease in his tasks, Jamie. No, at that time, the door opened and a tree entered carrying a huge metallic ball with bristles of gold. What a wonder to behold. And the black bug was now up flying around the ceiling, full of resentment, irritation, and anger. I wonder who this bug is. Ooh, what a mystery. And Atri comes in, he's like, oh, that uh, nervy-looking god outside's not there. Uh, what happened to your head, by the way, mate? I think I can hear the bug swearing in the distance. I wonder what's up, what's up with that. <laughs> See, just shaking his little <laughs> bug fist at me. I'll get you next time. It's there, like, making the motion, like, like the throat-cutting motion <laughs> in the direction of the bug. <laughs> Looking super threatening. <laughs> and uh, Eitri praised Brock for his persistence at the bellows, saying that if the temperatures rose or fell even a little bit, the treasure would not have come out as well as it did. The brothers were now pleased with this creation and set to work on their second task. Uh, this time, Eitri placed a uh, block of gold in the forge and the brothers set to work. Uh, the huge black bug, again, tried to distract Brock, this time biting the back of his neck so hard that blood came out. Oh, goodness me. But Brock stuck to the task and the treasure was produced. A beautiful arm ring, which Eitri named Draupnir. This arm ring has special powers, uh, which we'll get into a little bit later. You know how confident I was when I said Dropnia? I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to butcher it. I probably did, but I was like, that sounds cool. No, that, that's, pretty, that's pretty close, I think. Yeah, Dropnia. Dropnia. Uh, but now the brothers are feeling pretty good about themselves, and Loki, who's the bug all along, if you haven't guessed by now, people. What? <laughs> wow, what a twist. Say so at the end of, uh, I don't want to get too deep in Rings of Power, but they're like, oh, this guy's Sauron. You're like, yeah. Is he? Like, what? <laughs> That's oh, what they, the producers thought was going to happen. Everyone be there going, huh? <laughs> done, done, done. Oh, they're just, yes. <laughs> My God, what a show. Uh, it's season two, everybody. It's coming. It's coming. And back to the story. But yeah, so Loki's a bit worried about the dwarves project. Uh, progress, sorry. Uh, and Eitri says to, uh, says to Brock, though, uh, that he wants him to, he wants to try his masterpiece. Like, he grabs the largest iron ingot that the god Loki had ever seen. Like a big fuck off chunk of metal. Uh, <laughs> and places it in the forge. And Eitri's like, you know what I need, uh, need you to do, brother? You know what I need? And Brock's like, let me guess, work the bellows? He's like, you betcha, Fletcher. Uh, make sure to keep those that temperature as even as possible. Otherwise, this creation just, just won't work. Just do what you do all the time, mate. And uh, Brock's like, no sweat, mate. Let's get to it. Uh, 
And the same thing plays out as before, but this time Loki the bug uh, is done messing around. He's, 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 he's you know, he's, he's, he's got to bring his A game now, and he lands himself between Brock's eyes and goes to town, biting the dwarf's, uh, the, the dwarf's eyelids. It's terrible. <laughs> Uh, and blood fills Brock's eyes to the point that he could not see and Brock shook his head side to side trying to shake this dinormous black fuck off bug off his face he was so annoyed uh, with it that he timed his downstroke of the bellows uh, and then quick as a cat he swatted the bug off his hand nearly crunching uh, old bug Loki who narrowly avoided uh, being the old squishy squish and flew away I'm very fast And Brock's hand returned to the bellows just quick enough so he continued uh, supposedly not missing a beat. But then he hears his brother cry outside and he goes, Enough! He goes, The work was done. And as Eitri once more entered the forge, this black bug who nearly got the squishy squish uh, goes through the doorway and uh, leaves out to the outside world. (laughs) And Brock would have been like, Mate... We need to get a fly screen or something like that, mate. I just got messed up by some random bug like three times while working these bellows. Look at my face. It's bloody as hell. And uh, it doesn't happen though, but uh, what does happen is Eitri comes in not looking super happy. And he says, dude, we nearly fucked that whole thing up there. That temp was all over the shop in the end. I don't know what you're up to in here, but this treasure is nowhere near as impressive as I'd had hoped for. Oh, well, I guess it'll have to do. Uh, we shall see. (laughs) So, like, no no reference to Brock in his face. Just like, the fuck were you doing with the temperature, dude? (laughs) One job, Brock. Brock stood there just going like, it was the bug! I swear it was the bug! (laughs) I swear the bug! He's full of rage and irritation! (laughs) He's like, right, those fumes of that forge have gotten straight to you, have they, Brock? Actually, let's get you outside, mate. And with that, uh, now Loki, in his regular form, enters the forge and is like, Sup, lads? How do we go with that? Uh, the getting ready for that contest, you know what I'm saying? I imagine it like a, uh, a revolving door <laughs> where the bug flew out and then yeah. like a second later, Loki <laughs> walked back in and be like, Hello, guys! <laughs> I've just returned now from somewhere far away. Were you looking for me? <laughs> Sorry to bug you. <laughs> But I wanted to check on your progress. I thought I would just fly by. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's a buzz in this forge? (laughs) Fuck. Stop it. Stop it. (laughs) Um, And back to the story. And and Eitri... Uh, recognizes that Loki's there, he's about, and he says to Brock, he goes, Brock, you do the whole ACR present treasures time thing. Uh, I like it better here in my forge, so you go alone. Also, you can lop off Loki's head as soon as we win this shitbag eating contest, because uh, I'm keen to see what's going on inside that skull of his. And uh, Brock looks at Loki, uh, replying to Eitri, though. He goes, it would be my pleasure, brother. Oh, I've made the, you've made this whole thing personal, Loki. So, like, the penny must have dropped for uh, for Brock that Loki was like the bug, the vengeful bug all the whole while. Uh, so I guess that's what's going on. And Loki's got to be thinking, whatever you little bitch, uh, I managed to make you, make you mess up Atri's masterpiece. So you guys ain't gonna win shit. Like <laughs> the the sons of Avali have got this one for sure. Uh, and so with the scene set somewhat and our uh, pieces ready for judgment. Let us take a breather and refill our cups in keen anticipation for what's to come. So we'll have a little break there, guys, and uh, we'll be back in a tick. 
Welcome back, everybody. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed uh, whatever it was you were doing in your break. Uh, refurbishments, uh, foot rubs, and uh, fun times, whatever <laughs> whatever it be. Uh, and so, shall we? Uh, we'll jump back in. And if we are to do so, we need to do so with a recap. Recap. And so, to recap, uh, Sif, the lovely wife of Thor, has awoken to no hair on her head. Uh, and is pretty distraught. Thor, being a hair guy, is pretty razzled by this occurrence and immediately suspects his brother Loki, because it's always Loki, it seems. Uh, Thor finds his brother and gives him the options. Restore Sif's hair or deal with having every bone in your body broken over and over again. Uh, Loki's not down with the whole bone stuff uh, and sets to planning a way to restore Sif's hair situation, uh, which will be hard because he really did a number on it. Uh, anyway, Loki chuffs off to Svartalheim uh, to talk shit and stir up some things with the dwarfs, uh, and he bluffs his way into making the sons of Avaldi and the brothers Brock and Itri face off against each other in a contest to build some dope shit to be judged by some of the Aesir. Uh, Loki slips in that one of the items needs to be a head of golden hair, uh, which the sons of Avaldi take charge of. Uh, Loki, for some weird reason, starts fucking with the works of Eitri and Brock in an attempt to sabotage them. He seems to have succeeded when, after some bug antics, uh, the third and final piece of the two brothers has uh, had, a, had a crazy temperature surge or swing, and the brothers were less than satisfied with the result. Uh, who is satisfied is Loki, uh, content with his his fuckery uh, and should be going. So with the works to be judged having been completed, Loki is confident in his success. All begin to prepare for the items to be judged by the ACM. All right, so let's get back into it. Excellent. So I assume, I hope that uh, everything's tracking all right with uh, with with your recollections, uh, your your style and, and theme of the uh, of the Norse world. It's it's met the jammy standard. It, it so far is how I remember things. <laughs> Fantastic! If I hit those member berries and then uh, <laughs> and then you can kind of just <laughs> do the rest. Beautiful. So uh, we'll we'll keep on going then and bring us all all with us together. And now we make our way to Asgard. Where the treasures created by the dwarves are to be judged. And they will be judged by three gods. One being Odin. Odin. The uh, the one-eyed Allfather. And red-bearded Thor, his son. Thor. And the pretty handsome-looking uh, Frey. Frey. Of the summer's harvest. Uh, it is they who are to judge these treasures and decide which team is the winner. Um, so we already know, uh, I think everybody knows about Odin basically being like, you know, the Zeus, the Jupiter, like the guy who runs everything, but also he's got, um, he's, he's a bit more, I reckon he's a bit more interesting than say like a, uh, promiscuous Zeus or, uh, like a, a quite sort of stock standard. Cause he's, he's got a few other things that go on, doesn't he, Jamie? The Norris world with Jamie. Um, yeah. So Odin. Uh, very much, uh, you know, he's the big, almighty, all-father. He's powerful, he's wise, uh, he's cunning. Um, he, he, clearly, he has a lot of traits similar to Loki in some regards, um, which is kind of why they're, they're like blood brothers. Blood brothers! In Marvel sense, they have it as Loki and Thor are, you know, uh, basically blood brothers, adopted brothers, 
whereas in actual mythology, uh, Loki's more like Thor's weird uncle. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> but uh, Odin uh, very much uh, spends a lot of his time traveling about. Um, he gets up, in, he goes around in disguise. He gets up to shenanigans. He goes around trying to obtain like more uh, power and wisdom uh, in all the stories. But also, in a lot of the stories where it involves Odin, they always bring in Ragnarok because uh, a lot of the stories go with the idea that Odin knows Ragnarok is a thing. Yeah, and yeah. he knows that it's going to come at some point. And so he spends a lot of this time traveling about, not just to gain like knowledge and power, just because you know he's a god and he's the Azir, but it's all about preparing himself for when Ragnarok comes. So because he thinks that he can avert it and save all the Azir. So he spends all his time going around being like, so this prophecy says that I'm going to be killed by someone. Do you mind telling me who? Uh, trying to like understand the meanings of the prophecies. Um, and so, uh, you know, when probably when the dwarves come along, going like, we've got these like, like wonder weapons we could give you, these magical gifts. He's obviously like, yes, I'd gladly take like, them. I'll take whatever you guys have got, really. Like, let's have it. Uh so for those who uh, who are watching the video, my uh, my three year old came in and showed me that she's putting her her baby doll to bed. So I was like, good, <laughs> put yourself to bed as well, eh? <laughs> Have a sleep. No, no, she's <laughs> she's she's good. She's good. Um, but yeah, so it's 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 not just knowledge and power. He's looking like anything that can kind of help with this whole Ragnarok situ- uh, situation. It was kind of nice. Um, from the at least the 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 feel I get from, and I won't, we won't go too deep because we've got a story to tell, but, um, it feels like, um, like Odin is very much, like he's trying to like spare his people the knowledge that Ragnarok is coming until it's pretty much not too late, but until it's inevitable. So he's like, I need to make sure our defenses, whichever they be or whatever they be, are are shored up or as, as, as good as possible before shit hits the fan because, and, and keep everybody like chill and, and not panic before, the big stuff comes down. I think it's a big part of it is that he's kind of, I'd say he was fearful of it. Um, it's sort of the impression I get from it when you read about it, because he doesn't tell like the other Azir that Ragnarok's a thing uh, or it's coming. And, you know, there's a prophecy about it. Uh, he doesn't tell any of them about it. And I think it's mainly just because he doesn't, he's, he doesn't want them to know that he doesn't actually know what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so he, that's why he travels around and he's like, right, what like things could we do to prepare for it? He's like, sure, the defenses and all the Azir are like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> I wonder why we suddenly need to do it. <laughs> why, why do we need a wall all, all of a sudden? It's like, oh, you know, yeah. frost giants, like, again, like those, like, yeah, we need that. Like, just build the wall. <laughs> But do it on the cheap as well. Yeah, his whole thing is that he's all seeing, like you know, he's you know, he's meant to like be the wise god. He's meant yeah. to know things. He's meant to have like an insight almost into the prophecies and things that are meant to happen. And yet he doesn't actually know like very cardinal things of like, so who kills me in this pro in this prophecy? <laughs> um, how do we get to that stage? Um, anything else you'd like to tell me? Yeah. You know, he spends all this time trying to just understand what's actually going to happen and so uh i think it kind of guides his actions a lot when he approaches things that he knows are related to ragnarok he's like i know this thing's going to kill me so i shouldn't be nice to it yeah which which uh it's obviously the uh the call to what fenrir isn't it one of loki's sons the the wolf yes so yeah 
Spoilers. He's the one that gobbles him up. <laughs> yeah. And there's this whole like story where um like Odin goes and he meets a giant and they have like a riddle off game. Um and eventually he gets the giant because he's like, I don't know how the giant knows, but he's like, so who kills Odin in Ragnarok? Um, while he's there in disguise. Uh, and the giant says, Oh, it's Fenrir. And then when Odin meets Fenrir, he goes, That's the bloody wolf. <laughs> I need to lock that thing up. And in doing so, uh, the great irony is that you know, by locking up Fenrir, by being dishonorable, by mistreating him so poorly, he basically drove Fenrir to join in the other side. Yeah. And yeah. to so that meant that when the Ragnarok battle happened, he was stood there going, uh, I've screwed this up big time. <laughs> Smooth move, Odin. Which is a big part of it, um, where they kind of, it's kind of a nice nod, I think, in the mythology, where they kind of go, they're all flawed, and it's their fault this happens. Hmm. Oh, so good. It's, it's, yeah, if, for those who are... Maybe we'll cover Ragnarok or the story itself, but I feel like to tell the story, you need to tell all the stories. I mean, that's... Uh, maybe that's... um <laughs> that, That's 50 episodes in the work exactly. there. Exactly. out your that's, next season. Whoever's put together, like, the full storytelling of, you know, the groups of people that have put together these stories, they had some good business uh, mind going on. There wasn't just like, no, you can't just have the one story, guys. You need to get all the... You can't have the game. You need to get all the DLCs. You need to get everything to really get understand what's going on. It's the EA of pathology. Yes. Oh, God. So you don't want to be left out of the, uh, you know, the, the water conversation do you mate you want to get all those 30 add-ons you don't have the deluxe binding of fenrir package what (laughs) and back to the story um and so where are we we've got a we've got a a treasures to judge it looks like well not us it seems uh we'll have uh odin thor and uh the handsome looking Frey. uh and they sit on three chairs on a dais uh, with Loki standing before them because he's got a prominent position for reasons Uh, and the three sons of Avaldi on one side and the solitary Brock on the other Uh, and the three creations uh, of each tree covered under a sheet and the sons of Avaldi have theirs on their side too Uh, and so Odin is like all right Loki uh, you called us here what are we what are we judging I'm a busy boy as, uh, as Jamie has already told all the peeps about. Like, we've got some shit on my mind. Uh, but this might be his downtime as well. I might just be like, cool, I'll just have a look at some pretty shit. Uh, but just not think about, uh, you know, my my and my entire um, people's doom. <laughs> but uh, Loki, he looks up and he goes, treasures, father. We are here to judge treasures. The sons of Avaldi and Brock and Eitri have made gifts for you all. Uh, it is up to you to judge which of the six treasures is the finest and, to not show any, uh, any bias, I will personally present the treasures of the sons of Avaldi to you. Ah, Loki, what a well-meaning guy. <laughs> Surely the fact that Loki, the god of mischief, uh, is having such a prominent role in this contest would raise a few eyebrows, uh, but everyone seems cool, there's no suspicion, nothing to look into there. I mean, you'd think maybe Thor, though he's not super switched on uh he might be like well i know that he said he was going to get dwarves to help me with my wife's hair so i see a bunch of dwarves in front of me with stuff that i need to judge they're called treasures maybe it's the hair so he's it, it, nobody's nobody's super worried about what's going on they should be though because he's loki and he gets up to some stuff but anyways uh loki presents odin, odin. odin. king of the gods with a wonderfully made spear 
beautiful in its design and intricate runes carved into it. Uh, Loki proclaims, this spear is named Gungnir. Gungnir. Sound about right? <laughs> Gungnir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it will penetrate anything. And if you decide to toss this sucker, it will always find its mark. Uh, and, as a bonus, any oath sworn on this, this spear becomes unbreakable. This is a pretty baller item there, Dad. What do you reckon? <laughs> it's definitely handy. I imagine Odin was just sat there being like, yes, I need that. <laughs> this sounds amazing. And Odin takes the spear and seemed impressed, saying only that it was a fine spear. So he's, he keeps his emotions in check. He's a, he's, he's, he's a hard man to read. Oh, the old one eye. Uh, and for, for my lovely and beautiful sister-in-law, Sif. Uh, the wife of Thor, I present you with this. This is what Loki says. And uh, he held aloft what looked like a wig. And Loki's like, I know you think this is a regular old wig, hey? On the contrary, you see, this is a head of flowing golden hair made from real uh, real gold, mind you. Uh, hundreds, oh, sorry, a hundred thousand strands of this shit. These sons of Avaldi didn't skimp on the materials, mate. Uh, anyway, this wig will attach itself to the head of the person who needs it. Looks like you, Asif. Uh, and, <laughs> and you look like you need it, uh, you know, because you got no hair. I wonder how that happened. Uh, I don't know what, what, what that was all about, all about, by the way. Do you think, do you think the dwarves were stood there going, like, when they saw Sif and just went, oh, wait a minute, hang on. <laughs> What's this shit? <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he's gone through like as, as long as I talk. He goes, he's fucking going on about this hair a fair bit <laughs> to the one to the one chick who's meant to have beautiful hair who doesn't. Uh, it's like fucking Loki, you ruined my weekend. Because uh, <laughs> anyway, you pop this on and it attaches itself uh, to your head and will pretty much behave you like regular hair. Pretty cool, eh? There you go, Sif. And Sif, who was wearing a scarf uh, wrapped in, around her noggin at that time, she gazed at the wig. Uh, longingly, it looks like. And uh, Thor, he was sceptical, though. And he said that he would test it and beckoned his bald wife to his side. And Thor took the golden hair of thousand strands. Uh, Sif unraveled the... Pardon me. Sif unraveled the headscarf in front of the crowd who gasped at her her bare noggin. Uh, This must be the first time people have seen it. So like, holy shit. Um, No wonder why she's not been out for the past few days. (laughs) What if she's been all mopey? <laughs> that's, that's not fair. Um, but yeah, she's been a shut-in for a while. What's going on there? Um, and remember, I think they're all in shock. They were remembering the hair that was once there and like, oh man, it's like a light went out in the sky. Uh, and Thor gave the wig to his beloved wife who carefully placed the wig upon her head as if moving a sleeping cat, I believe it's some of the, uh, the words are. But the crowd watched uh, as the base of the wig joined itself to Sif's scalp. Then she shook her head and all 10,000 strands flicked in a display like a Maybelline commercial. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's a magic wig. But yeah, it was a, it was a full slow motion, just like, oh. And everyone was like, ooh, Sif, that, look, that's, hair, that's hair stuck on there pretty good. <laughs> like, well done. 
And now she stood before the crowd, even more radiant and stunning than ever. And everyone in the crowd surely had boners and lady boners uh, just at the sight of her. Uh, and Thor was super chuffed at having Sif's hair, his major kink. Thor's happy place. Uh, even more dazzling than before. So it's like, not only do I have my wife's hair back, it's even better than before. Woohoo! I am a happy god of thunder. <laughs> Loki's obviously very happy because he's like, yes, no, none of my bones are going to get broken. Like, I imagine half the people in the audience are all there now with like razors to cut their wives' hair off because they're like, this is a pretty sweet deal, I'm not going to lie. Oh, I want one of this too. This sounds pretty good. Uh, and Sif's feeling 110% about herself, about her situation. And she simply flicks her hair to the crowd and leaves the assembly walking into the sunlight to show off her new hair and do stuff with her, her friends. So that's her done. She's like, sweet. Uh, unfortunately, there's not too much character development for this girl in this story. Uh, she gets her hair. like She's a bit distraught that she doesn't have hair and then she gets hair again. And she's like, everything's great again. My hair's even better than it was before. So, and then she runs off into the sunset like a Disney princess. Just to play, like, yeah. <laughs> it's everyone's like, Everyone's like, oh, where do it? Oh. Okay, well, she's she's out. Uh, anyone want to Imagine set? all the dwarves are stood there like, were we meant to charge her? <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> did anyone keep a receipt? Like, we, we, log, we, we, we invoice that? You're welcome, by the way, you fucking bitch. <laughs> like, uh, I'll, I'll send the bill later. I'll send yeah. the bill later. <laughs> I'll get a fruit basket or something later on for them. Um, uh, and now it was time for the third treasure of the Sons of Avaldi to be judged. Uh, and Freya was like, hey, what's this? This looks like a folded scarf. This doesn't look very impressive at all, boys. Uh, clearly underwhelmed by the offering. And, uh, yes. Uh, but Floki said, it does indeed, dear Frey. But if you unfold it, you will see this gift is of immense value. And so did Frey unfold the scarf. And before everyone's eyes, the humble scarf unfolded into a gigantic boat. Yep. Because that happens. Uh, and, and Loki cries, Behold! Uh, Skid Bloodnir. Skid Bloodnir. That's, um, that's butchering, but Skid Bloodnir. <laughs> this mighty vessel, certainly the largest we have ever known, uh, will have fair wind wherever she sails. Plus, it folds into as small as that folded silk which I showed you earlier. Like, you can pop that in your pocket if you like. How fucking sick is that? A foldable boat. Oh, that is convenient. And Frey, he was pretty stoked by that. He was like, all right, you, you got me. You lost me with the folded uh, little bit of paper scarf in me and all that. But you, yeah, you brought me back with the boat, mate. And that goes back into itself. Shit, yeah. I've tried, like, you know, un, uh, unpacking and, and repacking a gar- like a camping tent before. And that shit never goes back the way you want it. But you're telling me this boat is going to do that? That's This is baller, mate. Thank you, Loki. Thanks, to I just hope he never loses it. He'll be there like rooting around the house one day like, dear, have you seen my boat? <laughs> just like rooting around for it. Or like his, 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 cat, his cat or something where the wind slightly blows it open and this huge boat just comes in and fucks up his house. He's <laughs> like, oh shit, that fucking foldable boat again. Uh, uh, and so basically all the, all the gods or these three AC have been uh, pretty impressed so far with the gifts. Uh, it's much to Loki's relief. Uh, and so there we have it, the three gifts of the Sons of Avaldi, the Golden Wig, the Oath Spear, and the Foldable Boat. Pretty impressive items, to be sure. Um, and in Loki's thinking, ah, that, that's going to be enough to save my head. No one's, no one's going to be topping those awesome gifts. It'll be sweet. And so now, uh, eyes turn to Brock. 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 Uh, covered in... 
in swollen red sting marks because of all the bug, the Loki bug shit that went down earlier, now steps before to present his gifts himself. Uh, and he held a confident pose as he addressed Odin and taking out a golden arm ring from under the sheet that he had uh, and placed it at the feet of the king of the gods. And he spoke, this arm ring is called Draupnir. Draupnir. It's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, every ninth night, this baby will drip out eight additional armbands, equal to its beauty. Uh, you can just give them away as gifts or rewards if you like, uh, or just saw them anyway, just to like build up your own wealth if you like. And every ninth night, it'll shit out more rings. That's pretty fucking cool, eh? Like... <laughs> Just like an infinitely duplicating uh, ring. It's great. Just, he's going to break the economy with that. <laughs> it's, gonna... it's also worth pointing out. The Norris world with Jamie. That nine, the ninth night is very specific. Because mm-hmm. um, nine, nine is a lucky number in Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call it a lucky number. Um, it's a very significant number. Uh, everything is in nines for some reason. <laughs> Um, you know, so like Draupnir will duplicate itself every ninth night. It creates eight copies of itself to make like nine include in the original. Um, the there are nine worlds. There are you know Thor. Spoilers when Thor eventually <laughs> dies. Um, and if you can play, you're over a thousand years late to that that revelation. Um, but when he when he eventually dies, he famously takes nine steps before he drops down dead. Uh, from like the killing blow and so they always make no one really knows why nine was so important but they just made it so everything had to be the number nine well there you go what's it's it's very it sort of rings true i feel like the explanation is lost to time like there was a lot Mm -hmm. of um in a lot of the slavic and 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 russian folk tales that i've uh, gone over and done so far a lot of those things like the uh, stories of like Ivar I'm uh, sorry um, uh, um, Ivan and and, and um, Koshi the Deathless and the Baba Yaga it's all in threes the stuff always happens in threes with them uh, it seemed to be there's an explanation that with the growing rise of Christianity and that sort of area of the world or you know Orthodox Christians whichever um, they were inserting these themes as a way to be like oh see just christians like you get on board with this story too because there's threes you like three of things don't you like you know the trinity like get three of everything in there it's like a way of kind of like subtly getting people into the stories or have those stories not be like made properly like punishable by death or like you know like a keep being able to bring them forward into like christianized um culture as opposed to being like just ostracized and punishable by death and and stuck in paganism so uh that's it that's an a thought of it but it's an argument but um yes some people are just like well still there's a lot of people who are still like there's just in threes um we don't know why for sure but yeah it makes sense with the nine as well it's like uh that is super relevant at some stage which has just been lost to lost to us unfortunately they might have gone like with the opposite when it was like christianity was slowly on the rise in the area and they were just like, they were like, three's an important number for you. Well, what about nine? What are you going to do with this? Yeah, take your three and fucking times it, eh? We got nine. That's because our, our gods are stronger. Like, there you go. You like three of us. Three's good, then nine is better. I'm not a math guy, but that's better. Seems bigger than three, lads. Lads and ladies. You should just stay on the Odin train. Keeps on chugging until it doesn't. Ragnarok. 
<laughs> but uh, Odin, he, he looked impressed though with this whole arm ring business. And he says, uh, not but, you know, he doesn't give too much away. He simply replies, it is very fine. And takes the old the golden armband and slots straight on his arm. He's, he's, he's pretty happy. Where it gleamed brilliantly in front of the masses. Uh, so you bet this dude's super chuffed on the inside. You just got a ring that just increases your wealth. Uh, you know, every ninth day, like it's you know, every ninth night, like you're cheering, it all is well. Loki was a little bit worried though at Odin's reaction because he doesn't give a, it doesn't give too much away, but he remembered saying that he he thought the spear was a, was a was a fine weapon too. So he's like, oh well, he said the spear was fine, the armband's fine as well. This fuck, this guy doesn't give much away. Oh, I'm a little bit worried. I'm a little bit worried, but that's all right. That's all right. I got two more, and, and we, we got to remember that uh, the masterpiece. I managed to fuck that up when I bit Brock's face. So. Uh, I'm still still looking good. Like, I'm still in the race. All is well. Now, Brock, not missing a beat, uh, he turned to Frey. Frey! Just to sort of leapfrog over Odin. He goes, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to go to Frey this time. Uh, and pulling out uh, most of the sheet away, revealed a massive fuck-off ball <laughs> with bristles made of gold. And the crowd was astonished. I love balls. <laughs> this is my ball story. <laughs> Uh, Brock exclaims and he goes, This is a Gulen Bursty. Gulen Bursty. The golden bristled one. My brother Atri made this for you, Frey, to pull your chariot. There, uh, there will never be a night so dark that his golden bristles will not give light so you can see what you're doing and shit. Plus, this big boy can also fly across the sky, race over the sea faster than any horse. He will never tire, he will never fail to do your bidding. He'll be your bristly buddy for life. Uh, Gulabursty is the best. Gulabursty is the best. And and Frey's just like, he looked very impressed. Frey's like, holy shit, this is a wonderful gift. Uh, Gulen Bursty is the man or the ball man and <laughs> Floki's like Floki stood in the corner just like he's got him a pet I've lost I'm screwed oh, he's like no <laughs> he's gonna bond with this creature <laughs> don't give it a name no, exactly. it'll just form attachment <laughs> don't name it don't name it he's like I'm fucked now <laughs> but in Loki's mind uh, he's he was still he was worried but he goes Loki's mind he goes he was a he was you know, got a folded ship that does all that. Uh, you know, and un- and now he's got an unrelenting ball, bud. Uh, you know, it's pretty good in its impressiveness. So he's 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 a little bit worried, but he knows he knows that he's still got his uh his um unfinished um, ace up his sleeves and the, the thing he really ruined. So he's still pretty confident, or semi confident about that one. And with that in mind, we come to the third and final treasure to be judged in this competition. And Loki remembered his bug shenanigans. Buzz, 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 buzz. And the disappointment more so in Atri's eyes at what he what, what he created. So he's, uh, he's, he's, he's worried, but he's still semi-confident. He's quietly confident, we'll say. Uh, but Brock, still with his uh, confident composition, reached under the cloth uh, with a red swollen hand and produced a hammer. And placed it at the feet of Thor. (laughs) And Thor looked down at the hammer with disdain. Simply saying, this hammer is too short. What am I supposed to do with this? It's got a little dinky handle. (laughs) Yeah. Little dinky handle goes, there's a damning assessment from the god. Especially the guy who likes to hit stuff really hard. (laughs) 
with not only his fist but with weapons as well and so loki was like fuck yes i'm in the clear boys <laughs> in the clear of the 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 the, the danger i put myself in unnecessarily yes um but brock still confident simply replies you are absolutely right my lord as in thor uh it is my fault that the handle is a bit short i was stung to shit by a crazy black insect when i was working the bellows uh but before you dismiss my stumpy offering hear me out this hammer is one of a kind its name is mjolnir mjolnir uh, the lightning maker. This bad boy is unbreakable. No matter how hard you hit something, and we know you like to hit stuff hard, Thor, this sucker will remain undamaged. And uh, now it is true that Thor loves to hit things, and uh, that was pretty much his jam. But over the years, he had broken weapon after weapon. So the prospect of an unbreakable weapon really grabbed Thor's attention. And uh, you got to think Brock's looking at Thor being like, I've got this motherfucker now. And he goes, uh, I'm not done yet, though. I'm not done yet, though, Thor. If you throw this hammer, as in Mjolnir, Mjolnir. Uh, it will never miss its target. So just like Gongnir, Gongnir. is in Odin Spear, the, uh, the first offering. Uh, but unlike Gongnir, Mjolnir will return straight to your hand. It doesn't matter how far you throw this thing. It will always come back to you. It's like a universal boomerang. Like, you are sort of... You, you, you'll get annoyed by how, qu- how quickly this, this hammer comes back to you, mate. It is pretty awesome. And by this time, Thor is just wide-grinned. He is smiling. He's like, yes. Too many fine weapons I've lost just throwing them too hard and all that shit. And this one's going to come back, you say? This sounds pretty good. Uh, Almost too good to be true. And Brock's like, oh, but wait, we're not done yet. Before you blow your load, Thor, uh, know that Mjolnir can grow or shrink in size depending on your wish. So, like, you can even trigger it down and pop it in your pocket if you want to, mate. Oh, that is convenient. Uh, There you go. Or hide it under your shirt. Whatever you want to do, this bad boy is going to shrink in size for you. I'll tell you who's not shrinking in size at the moment. It's probably Thor. He's probably got a, a weapon boner right now going, this is everything that I want. This is, this is amazing. And someone who would be shrinking in size is Loki, who's probably there like trying to like, hide under a box. like, I'm not here. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, and Thor beaming, he clapped his hands together and the thunder of the clap was heard all across Asgard. It's just like, happy claps. Uh, such was Thor's mirth. Now that is a very mirthy boy. Aha! Um, though Brock looked glum. And he said, uh, and yet, as you have observed, Mighty Thor, the handle is too short. Uh, and my fault, It lies. the blame lies with me. I fucked up on the bellows as my brother Atri was working the forge. But Thor... He's deaf to all this now. He's just like, mate, don't worry about the handle, me boy. It is a minor flaw, something which I've already overlooked. This is a mighty gift. It will protect us from frost giants. I don't like those things. Uh, This is indeed the finest gift I have ever seen. Uh, So, pretty good. And all the judges agreed, saying that the hammer was the shit. Uh, and that Thor's wielding at Frost Giant's best step correct, <laughs> or they're going to get some smackdown on him real soon. It's a bit, a bit weird that they... Uh, oh, not weird. I, I thought it was a bit quickly that they uh, thought Mjolnir was, like, you know, the winner. 
in terms of um in terms of things. I was like, what, Gulen Bursty? Like, come on. <laughs> like you got, you got that, you got a foldable ship. Justice for the ball. Justice for the ball. Well you've got you got a you got a spear as well. You could take like binds every every oath you make. You're like, that's pretty fucking good as well. But that's pretty good. <laughs> they, they like hammers and they also like they don't like frost giants. And Thor's like, I could beat up a lot of frost giants with these boys. And they're like Oh yeah, well he likes to do that, and we need him to do that. So do that. That sounds great. Well, sure, sure of our defenses in that way. Um, uh, but Loki, Loki, uh, he chimes in and he goes, "Yes, yes, the hammer's pretty cool, but uh, Thor, what about the what? What about Sif? What about your wife's head? You know that thousands of gold stranded hair? What about that? It's like that was a pretty good, pretty good thing, wasn't it? Pretty good offering. And Thor's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah that thing, it's it's pretty good. So like, but like Brock." What about this hammer, mate? Tell me where's the button to make it smaller. <laughs> Tell me more about the hammer, Brock. Uh, and Floki's uh, not Floki. Sorry, Loki's heart sank. I must have been watching Vikings uh, not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a little history podcast recommendation. I could take or leave the Valhalla series, to be honest. Did you say Floki? Uh, so Loki's heart sank. And uh, further sinkage followed when uh, Odin said, It is obvious to me that Thor's hammer is better than my never-missing oath-keeping spear and my golden armband that, armband that poos out other armbands for reasons. Uh, that's fine. But Frey, he stands up and he says, I agree. The magic hammer is much better than my massive boat that folds down into pocket size and my golden ball that flies, never tires, and faithfully... Uh, you know, and is a faithfully bristly boy. Uh, it's obvious that this hammer, this Mjolnir, is the finest gift that the gods have ever been given. I know we said Thor had a weapon boner, but I think all of them were <laughs> weapon boners at that point. Weapon boner! I could just, and there's just, like, everyone's out with it as well. There's no, like, shame or anything. Just like, all just like, everyone's just throbbing going, it's pretty good, like, it's pretty good hammer! It's a pretty good hammer! All right. <laughs> And you can make it bigger, you say. <laughs> bigger or smaller. Fits all occasions, does it? Mm, well. <laughs> and, and Odin, Thor and Frey all clapped Brock on the back, congratulating him for his and his brother's excellent work. And Loki was flawed. He realised his golden goose was cooked. Uh, and now Brock turned to Loki and said, All right, mate, a deal's a deal. I'm going to chop off your head and take it back to my brother. I'm sure we'll find something useful to uh, to use that head for. I come over here like a good lad and I'll uh, be uh, be relieving you of your noggin. And uh, Loki, not wanting to be separated uh, from his head, replies, Now wait a sec, Brock. Uh, let's talk about this. No, no, no. How about I ransom my head? I have fabulous treasures which I can give you. So he's like really starting to pull all the stops out, really. Uh, and Brock's like, nah, dude, a deal's a deal. My brother and I already have a treasure that we want to make with that little head of yours. Uh, you know, besides, we shit out treasures of our own every single day. You just saw what I presented to, you know, uh, Odin, Thor, and Frey. Like, <laughs> we're pretty good for treasures, but don't worry about that. I want that head of yours. And Loki looks nervously around and he's like, well, you're going to have to catch me first, bitch. Bye. <laughs> and uh, he jumps high into the air and bolts away because he's got those magic shoes, remember? Uh, far from sight. Fuck. Yeah. And uh, presumably, like... Good time to use those time traveling shoes again, if, as well, Loki. If you're if you're keen, if you're so inclined. <laughs> yeah, go back and maybe don't make the offer. <laughs> don't make the bargain to begin with. Don't sign up to a bargain where you don't win. Like you don't get anything out of it. 
all that all that they needed was a wig of golden hair to be presented and accepted by Sif to wear. That's it. So just like have that happen. I feel like the the judging panel may have like they. I, something tells me like they all just knew it, and they were like they were like we know if we accept uh, Brock as the winner that Loki's gonna die, and then they all just sat there like you know oh I think it'd be quite funny if we did. <laughs> Like we should just we should just see how this plays out, or, or even if they didn't know he was going to die, it's just like oh, Loki seems to be really like bending over backwards to make these sons of Avaldi look pretty awesome. I reckon he's probably going to stake in this, so let's just decide with the other guy and see what happens. They're all used at this point to like Loki's kind of humor, and they're like, you know what he'd find funny, you know what he'd <laughs> find very funny. He he loves mistreating people's heads, so right, we'll just have it done with him. That sounds pretty cool. See what happens. What's the worst that could happen? And anyway, Brock's like, dude, he turns to Thor and he's like, dude, do you mind like grabbing this guy and bringing him back? Because like, I'm a dwarf. I can't really travel like super quick and all that. Thor's like, yeah, mate. Uh, absolutely. I'll see what this hammer's about as well. Like, let's just grab, grab, grab Loki. And he, and he goes and grabs him and brings him back. I think like hold him by the ear or something like that. It was like really a bit of a, um, a bit of a, a, a bigger step down for, uh, <laughs> for Loki when he gets back. Um, and Brock, uh, now with Loki in possession, takes a knife and advances on Loki and is like, all right, you mischievous little shit. Uh, I've got you now. Uh, now hold, hold still so I can cut your head off. And uh, Loki was like, all right, all right, Brock. Well, it looks like you've got me. All right. Uh, but uh, you may cut off my head. But, and I'm, hold, I'm looking to you, Dad, you know, Papa Odin, uh, or brother, Blood Brother Odin, depending on, uh, on where you're getting your knowledge from. If, whether it be the Marvel movies, there'll be a son. <laughs> Actual mythology, we'll go Blood Brothers. Um, uh, he goes, I want you to back me up on this, Odin. Uh, if you, as in Brock, cut off any part of my neck, uh, and I mean any part, uh, then you, my, uh, my, my short, short friend Brock, you will be in violation of our agreement. And uh, Odin's like, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Brock here cannot cut off any part of Loki's neck, otherwise he's uh, in violation of the agreement. That being that uh, Brock and Eitri could only have Loki's head. And, and I made, I, I, I thought like this whole thing, like Loki just been, oh sorry, uh, Odin just been like, yeah, like, you know, that's fine. Whilst like, you know, idly looking at his spear and the armband being like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Like, uh, uh, agreements, like whatever, this is a great looking spear. <laughs> and also just like staring off into the distance being like, Oh, Ragnarok's coming and we're all <laughs> fucked. Like, he's probably like, I don't care about this agreement at all. Like, <laughs> take your pick. And um, and Brock, he's uh, looking a little bit frazzled by this and he goes, this is ridiculous, mate. I can't cut off Loki's head without cutting off... Uh, oh, sorry, I can't cut off uh, Loki's head without cutting off his neck or, like, cutting his neck. Like, this is bullshit. Like, come on. And uh, Brock was obviously pissed off... Uh, um, but you know, which uh, which is when Loki got a little bit bigger for himself, and he goes, "That's right, uh, poor Brock. Uh, if you considered the words that we were saying, uh, then you might have thought twice about taking on the wisest and most cunning uh, and cleverest of the gods. That's me, by the way. Uh, I'm talking about myself, obviously. Loki, I am the bomb. You should have thought twice before, uh, before taking on me, buddy. Um, but as Loki was gloating, Brock had whispered something into Odin's ear." And Odin was, he nodded his head and he's like, yep, yeah, I believe that's fine. You can do that. And uh, Loki was like, what's uh, what's a fair course of whoop? And in a flash, Brock had produced a strip of leather and a knife. Uh, 
and in an instant, he took Loki's head with one hand and wrapped a le- wrapped leather around the god's mouth. Now Loki was pretty helpless as Brock made a piece, uh, the piece of, uh, sorry, uh, basically made to pierce the leather with his knife tip. Uh, I'm actually not quite sure what Brock was trying to do with piercing the leather with the knife tip and all that. I'm assuming to help sew, but a, a bit strange. I um I thought he was trying to make like a rudimentary uh, rudimentary tourniquet or something like that, just to try to like cut off the circulation so he could cut into him. But uh, you know, uh, it doesn't quite matter because Brock cries out aloud and he goes, "What the shit is this, mate? My knife can't cut your skin." And Loki was like, "Oh yeah, sorry about that." Uh, I actually, uh, you know, it's kind of, I kind of safeguarded myself uh, when, you know, you guys wanted to take my head and all that business. I made myself impervious to knife cuts because uh, I can do that. Uh, you see, I cannot be cut by a knife blade. I'm pretty tricksy. Uh, so you won't be cutting me anytime soon with that. And at this time, Loki, the master, uh, he's, he's mastered the situation, he believes. And he now stands triumphantly tall. Just like super, super, just hams it up a lot. Uh, you'd think... Uh, if you're going to make yourself impervious to knife cuts, you wouldn't be so terrified about getting cut by a knife? Yeah, no, he, I don't know why he was like, you know, nervous or scared beforehand. If he had like this whole big safeguard thing, maybe it was just an act, you know, you know what he's like for his jokes, his pranks. He's like, Ooh, the best prank of all is to make him think they won. And just to, to pull out the biggest technicality you can of just, you fool, I'm impervious to knives. (laughs) Did you not know that I made myself impervious to knives? The very thing that you have. Ha ha. Everyone's like, oh, fucking Loki again. And back to the story. So this time, uh, Loki, he believes he's mastered the situation. He's got away with it. Sif's hair dilemma is solved. Uh, Three judging gods are pretty chuffed anyway, Uh, especially Odin with his armband and, um, uh, you know, shits out every other armband as well, which is great. Uh, (laughs) Loki has has escaped unscathed. Or... So he thought, because Brock is not done yet. Seeing that the knife would do no good, he produced a large awl, like A-W-L, I believe, which is, I believe, a large spike or needle used for sewing. It's a leather-working tool. Um, oh, cool, beautiful. Yeah, it's when, when you want to like punch holes in the leather for you to sew through uh, with the thread, you use an awl, which is just like a spike Ooh. on the end of like uh, a little piece of uh, wood it's a good craftsman's tool thing um and if he's got the strip of leather makes sense to just whip one of those out. there you go happy days exactly uh and then um uh so brock took a strong thread uh oh sorry sorry i believe he said he used the needles and begun puncturing holes uh through leather strips and also into loki's lips turns out he didn't really uh protect himself against needles just the old knifey knives. Uh, and then Brock took a strong thread and proceeded to sew Loki's lips together. And then he left the assembly with Loki unable to even complain about his situation because he didn't have a voice to speak it. Uh, so Brock's off. He's uh, he's taking the, the thanks of Odin and the, uh, the mantle of being the victor. And he's chuffed off uh, back to his brother. And for Loki, the inability to speak hurt more than the pain of stitches. And with that, we end our tale of Loki and the Treasures of the Gods. Loki and the Treasures of the Gods. Ah, everyone's a winner. <laughs> so everyone's just like, ah, yeah, cop that, Loki. You ain't got no mouth to talk now. <laughs> For a little bit, anyway. For a little bit. He eventually gets out of it. And he's like, I'm going to talk twice as much now. 
<laughs> You're all going to hear me. I'm going to start a podcast. <laughs> Just get it, get it out there. Uh, yeah, what was your thoughts, Jamie, on the on on the story? Does it um, uh, harken back to your uh, your recollections, or uh, uh, I guess just general comments on um, on the makeup of the story? Um, I guess some of the random cultural things that are inserted into stories like this, where you're like, oh, I'm not really sure that was needed for the narrative, but you know, it's 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 cool that they mention it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's a very good story, um, and it's a very fun way, I think, to explain how all of the items came into be, uh, well, you know, how they came mm. into existence. Uh, you know, it's better than it just being like, oh, you know, Thor went and he commissioned it, he you know, ordered it, or he found it. You know, it's a bit of a funny story almost. It's like, ha, Loki's up to his tricks, he does all these fun little gambits, and look how where he gets him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you get all these cool, iconic weapons uh, and items that come out of it, like Mjolnir in particular. And the thing that I always love about Mjolnir in Norse mythology is that it's not like like in Marvel it's always like you know only the worthy may wield the hammer of of uh of Thor you know only they can wield yeah, the yeah. Ornir whereas in Norse mythology they basically just go no it's just a really heavy hammer and Thor has to wear like his belt of a uh, of strength to the finest abs whenever he wants to wield it. And he also has, I think he also gets special gloves for it as well. Oh, okay. So that he can wield the like special iron gloves. He has to get them so that he can wield it more effectively. And it's why he just goes around going like, I'm great. I have this massive hammer. That's really heavy. Um, And, you know, there are a couple of stories where like giants and things can just pick up the hammer as well. By not because like of their worthy or anything like that, but it's just like it's a heavy hammer. But I'm a giant, so I can pick that yeah, up. Yeah, just because I'm buffing uh, it. I'm, I'm, good, I'm good to love this around. Exactly, and you know, it's it's a good one. You know, don't get into a get into a agreements that you know are obviously not beneficial to you. <laughs> uh, don't mess with the dwarves as well. Um, it's not the only story where Loki messes with a dwarf. Um, it's just that mm. this is the only one where it doesn't work out well for him. Yeah, yeah, it's one where it, uh, directly and uh, just unnecessarily blows back on him. <laughs> it's just as soon as you get his pride into it, it's like, uh, well, the pride be the downfall of a lot of people, I guess. As soon as you you bring that into question, is like, oh, that's it. I'm gonna do something, do something silly and reckless. But yeah, don't mess with the dwarves, peeps. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. They're, they're all just there like, I just want to make things. Why does it have to be, you know, so complicated? Yeah. Just let me make my treasures, all right? Jesus. <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much once again, uh, Jamie, for jumping on. Uh, it was a long time coming, but it was a lot of fun and I had a ball. So uh, we got we got to do it again sometime. Absolutely. I'm more than happy to uh, come on here again. Beautiful, beautiful. Solo time and and, and definitely uh, we're going to have to be doing uh, another movie review situation. I think um, off off mic we were talking about the prospect of Pompeii. So, uh, you know, something something amazing uh, along those lines. So um, if if, if uh, you, the listener, um, if you have any, uh, any, any things you want shouted out, you want, you want us to jump in any of those movies, get us in the comments or send it through to a little history Gmail, um, sorry, a little history podcast, uh, gmail.com uh, or, or send it through to Jamie's as well. I believe it's Jamie history uh, podcast at gmail.com. Is that right? Uh, it's just Jamie history at gmail.com. 
Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, send it through to us and we'll uh, we'll, we'll get it churning. We've got to watch a, a terrible movie and uh, and talk about it all again. Uh, that's all I a lot of fun. I haven't suffered enough. I need another bad <laughs> film to suffer through. Uh, but yes, uh, as, as yes, we've got to do it again sometime. And um, yes, about your show, Jam, uh, Jamie History. Uh, it's a fantastic show, guys. Links will be in the episode or the show notes for this episode. Uh, so please do yourselves a favor if you haven't listened to it yet. Uh, get on board. It is a ton of fun. It's a really unique look and just really, really well researched, well presented, and uh, it's super fun. It's it's a fun way to get into getting in your history and, and really kind of. Get excited about that sort of stuff. And that's a little history podcast recommendation. So also uh, for your peeps, the the uh, the listeners and such, uh, your second reminder to uh, make sure you do all the same stuff uh, for Jamie's show as well as my own uh, in terms of liking, subscribing, commenting, all that business. Uh, it really does help, uh, you know, uh, independent shows like ourselves uh, keep coming to you. And uh, most shows are a bit of a one-man band, so... Um, your support, dear listener, is, is really welcome and super effective. Uh, word of mouth being obviously the biggest mover. Uh, so tell your family, tell your friends, and yes, obviously, tell your enemies. Uh, let them know what's up. Or even go ahead and uh, and tee up a little multiple, like tee up your multiple enemies. I know you got a few. <laughs> whoever you are, whoever you are. Um, you know, do a, do a Loki and just like, you know, like from this story and just challenge them into like outdo each other in, in actively loving our shows. <laughs> do that. Do but make that. sure you read the fine print when you set up these uh, these challenges, all right? Yeah, don't be putting your head on a block, people. You've got to learn the lessons from this one. Exactly. Just set them to task and sit back and reap the benefits of knowing that you've helped out independent podcasts like our own. Uh, anyway, uh, that's all for us today, my history peeps. Uh, thank you once again for coming on, Jamie. It was a it was a ton of fun, very insightful, and uh, we've got to do it again. Uh, and thank you very much, everybody else, for listening uh, wherever you are on this crazy globe. And uh, we'll we'll talk to you guys very soon. All right. Cheers for now. Oh, you can say bye bye too if you want. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bye. (laughs) Goodbye, all. (laughs) All right, beautiful. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to A Little History. To get in touch, feel free to get us on Facebook, Instagram, or hit us up on the Gmail at littlehistorypodcast.gmail.com. We'll catch you next time for A Little History. Cheers. Cheers.